Thank you for downloading the sermon podcast for Hope City Church in Riverside, California. For more info about Hope City Church, visit www.hopecityriverside.org. Last week, we started a series just called Hope Changes Everything. That's just what was on our heart, man. As we started this church, Hope City Church, I know it may seem cheesy. I'm over it. I don't even care if it's cheesy. That's where we're going. Uh, I do believe, I think hope changes everything. I really do. I think hope is a game changer. I've lived in seasons of my life without hope, and then seasons when hope returns. This is hope deferred makes the heart sick, and I've been sick-hearted. And then this is when the desire comes, though, when hope returns. It's a tree of life. It's something that continues to produce fresh life in us. And so I, I've been there. Have you been there? And both sides of that thing. And so I just want to talk about hope. Last week what we looked at was what is the foundation of our hope? And so we saw that our hope is founded in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Listen, if your hope is in anyone or anything else than Jesus Christ, it's going to disappoint you. It's absolutely going to disappoint you. If your hope is in jobs or the economy or anything, it doesn't matter, whatever, in status, in people, in friendship, if your hope for life is rooted to anyone or anything else than Jesus Christ, it will let you down because everybody's fallible. If your hope is in me, you're in trouble. I'm just going to tell you now because I'm, I'm a man. I'm flawed. If your hope is in someone else, if your hope is in your marriage to save you, Marriage is a beautiful thing, but it's, listen, your spouse can't save you. My wife isn't Jesus. That'd be awesome. She noticed I'm just oh. dying here. <clears throat> my wife is amazing, but she's not Jesus. She can't save me. So my hope is rooted in her. I'm in trouble, and that's a pressure she can't handle. So this is what I'm saying. If our hope is rooted in anyone or anything else other than Jesus Christ, we're, it's a shaky foundation. It's on sand. It's quicksand. Okay, we also saw that our hope is rooted in the Word of God, the living, active, powerful Word of God. The Scripture says, according to your Word, I have hope. It says, remember your Word to your servant, Lord, upon which you have caused me to hope. And so we can have hope. Why? Because of, this, because of what we see in the Scriptures. Because of the God that is revealed to us through His Word. So the Word gives us hope. I read this and I see how God has come through over and over and over again. And I have hope. I see the promises of Scripture. I have hope. That's what the Word says. The Scriptures are given that we would have hope. And then our hope is founded upon the personal work of Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Our hope is founded on God's past works. Again, it says everything written, this is what the Scripture says about itself. Everything that was written before was written for our encouragement. That through the encouragement and endurance of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So what is this saying? It's saying, remember everything that happened. Remember everything that God has done. Remember, we said this last week, but the same God that parted the Red Sea and, and brought life into barren wombs and healed the sick and raised the dead, that same God lives in you and I. That same God. It's like, we, don't forget. Don't forget. That's what the scripture's saying. And it said, teach it to your children so they can teach it to their children so they can teach it to their children. Don't forget what God has done. Remind yourself and remind others continually of the God that we worship. He's not an idea. He's a person who does great things. And so let's remember what he's done. And then it says, our, our hope is rooted in, founded in, not just his past works, but his future plans. Scripture says that, that God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil. To prosper, to give you a future and a hope. We said this, hope is, hope and faith are so closely linked, but hope is that distinctly future 
element of our faith. Hope is always looking forward, going, I expect that I'm going to see and experience the goodness of God. That's my expectation. And so that's what our hope is, is rooted in tonight. I just want to throw some more things at you, just so much in the scriptures. Uh, I, I just want to share some more good news about hope. It's going to be kind of a buckshot tonight. It's not as fancy. It's not as kind of put together maybe as last week, but it's just some more. It's just good news about hope, okay? So listen, we, we need hope. We need hope. I don't know what your circumstance, I don't know what your life is, but we all need hope because if you lose it, you, you know you've lost it. You know? You're very aware. The world just stops. Uh, we need hope. So I just want to share some more good news about hope tonight. Number one, hope is our birthright. Hope is, it sounds weird, but we're going somewhere. As children of God, hope is our birthright. Let me read the scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible under your seat. And if you don't own a Bible, that Bible is yours. You're free to take it. <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Or we probably shouldn't do this because then everybody, like, nobody will pick up their Bibles. And read it, but it's okay. Overhead, okay? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, check this out, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now listen, we, we talk about being born again, we talk about being saved, we talk about passing from darkness to light, right, from, the, from death to life, and, and we often talk about our salvation in terms of what we're saved from. And we should. That's exciting. That's great. It's awesome news. Part of what's really good news is I am saved from sin. I am saved from the penalty of sin. I'm saved from, from death, hell, all those things, okay? Uh, from an eternity of separation. I'm saved from all those things. But we don't often talk about what we're saved to. And I think both are very important. So we need to know what we're saved from, but we need to also know what we're saved to. Now, that could be an entire sermon in and of itself, but at least one thing that we're saved to into, Scripture just said here, is we were born again into a living hope. So we were saved from sin, saved from death, saved from eternal separation from God, but we were born again into a living, active, now hope. That's what the Scripture just said. If you're a child of God, you were born into hope. That means hope is your birthright. It is your birthright to live with hope. In fact, I, I would say that hope is a defining characteristic of a child of God. I would say that living with hope is one of the defining characteristics of a child of God. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. It says, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them. It's talking about people that are persecuting. Have no fear of them or be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. What, what did this just say? This is when the rest of the world is going nuts and everyone else is hopeless. When suffering and persecution even comes, the Christian is still filled with an unquenchable hope. Amen. In light of whatever circumstances are going on, the Christian still is rooted to this hope. It's like you can't get away from it. Even if you want to, it's just like there's this hope that's there. Not that we don't have moments of hopelessness. Okay? Let's, can we acknowledge that? We all have moments where we feel hopeless. We all have moments where we feel like hope has slipped away. Okay? We have those moments. But as Christians, we are tethered to hope. 
We're tethered to it. So we've, we may slip into these moments. We have these moments where we feel whatever, but, but the Spirit of God inside of us will always draw us back to home. We're tethered. That's what the Scripture just says. In some ways, a persistently hopeless Christian is an oxymoron. And the scripture just said in 1 Peter chapter 3 that we should actually live with such an unshakable hope that it grabs people's attention and causes some of them to ask why. That's what it just said. Always being prepared to give a defense, a reason for the hope that's in you. Like that means when everything else is flipping out and you're still filled with hope, some people are going to go, why? Why do you still have hope? This situation is hopeless. Why do you still have hope? And you go, oh, I'm ready to give a defense for this. Because the spirit of the living God is inside of me. And I know that my hope is not rooted in anything here and now. It's rooted in Christ. And he is unshakable. My hope isn't in stuff and people and governments and laws and shakable things and relationships. My hope is not in any of that stuff. It never has been. It's what the Christian gets to say. And so we do have moments. We do have seasons. I've had them. We've all had them. Seasons of feeling hopeless. But as children of God, we are bound to return to the living hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Scripture actually calls us prisoners of hope. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like, like, listen to me. We are shackled to hope. You may even feel hopeless right now. I'm telling you, you're going to come back to hope if you're a child of God and the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, because you're shackled to it. You're going to, the Spirit of God will breathe something into you, will speak something to you that will cause you to again have hope, even when you don't feel like having hope, even when you want to give a hope, because hope is painful. Remember last week, we talked about some of the definition of hope? Hope is that thing that causes us to endure when the waiting is painful. When the waiting is painful, God, win. When will it come? You've given me hope in my heart for this thing, but when is it going to happen? Hope is the thing that pushes you through. It says we're shackled to hope. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. So hope is our birthright. Hope is a defining characteristic of the child of God. If you are away from it now, let the Holy Spirit draw you back to hope. Even if the waiting is painful, even if it's tough, remember, we, we learn, hope will give life. Hope will give life. Number two, so the first one is, the first one is that hope is our birthright. Secondly, hope is an anchor. Hope is an anchor. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. We're picking up in the middle of a thought, okay? So that's why we're kind of catching mid-sentence here. I, I encourage you to read the whole context, but, but we're picking up in the middle of thought in verse 18. It says this, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set before us. We have this, this hope, as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. It says hope is an anchor for our souls. Hope will anchor us to Christ. Hope will anchor us to the promises of God. 
Like, you understand how an anchor works, right? Remember, okay, so if I'm on the lake and there's a wind blowing and the lake is doing it, if I just, like, I'm in a boat and I let the boat just hang out, I just stop the boat. Now, the boat's not just going to stay there, is it? It's going to float wherever, like, the, the, the lake takes it. The wind is just blowing because the water's moving all the time. What an anchor does is an anchor goes down and gets beneath the stuff that's moving. It gets into the bedrock and holds fast so that even when the water's moving and troubled, you're stuck. You're there. You're rooted. You're steadfast. So when, when the storm, not to be cheesy, but let's, let's be real. This is what it's saying. When the storms of life hit and everything's moving around and you don't know what you can count on, okay, Putting your anchor, just dropping your anchor five feet in the water is not going to help, is it? Mm -mm. Scripture says hope will be an anchor that is set in the rock that is Jesus Christ. Hope will be an anchor that is set so that when everything else is tossed back and forth, our emotions are everywhere. Things are good, so I'm happy. Things are bad, now I'm stressed and devastated. Hope is the thing that keeps us anchored. Hope is the thing that keeps us set and fixed. And it says this, that hope is an anchor for our soul. Now, typically when you look in the scriptures, the, the word for soul there encompasses a lot of different things. It's talking about our mind and our will and our emotions. It's, it's talking about like the seed of kind of who we are. So hope will be an anchor for my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. When my mind is tempted to just... Everywhere. Ah, ah, circumstances are good. My mind runs to good. Circumstances are bad. My mind runs to bad. And I stay awake up at night stressing things out. My emotions want to go everywhere, 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 like the, like the, like the lake. It says hope is an anchor for your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Hope makes you sleep good. Hope is a sweet pillow. I, I'm an emotional guy. Like, I don't know if you can't tell that, okay? I'm an emotional guy. Like, I'm not just loud and passionate. I'm like an emotional guy, too. Like, I, I don't know. I cry at, like, the drop of a hat. I'm serious. And I get angry. And I'm like, well, I'm just like an emotional guy. Like, uncontrolled by the Spirit of God, I'm all over the map. I'm serious. That's just naturally kind of maybe how I'm wired. If, if, if the Holy Spirit of God is not leading and I'm not listening, I'm just all over the map emotionally. Scripture says that hope and hope in Christ is an anchor for my soul. So, listen, I just want to say, you don't have to let your thoughts and emotions drag you wherever they want to. You just don't have to. You don't have to, you don't have to entertain every thought that pops into your head. Especially all the negative what-ifs and the stress. and the, You don't have to entertain that stuff. It, you can't keep it from popping in. It pops in. Listen, I can't control whether the bird flies over my head, but I can control whether I let it make its nest. Right? I can't control every thought that pops into my head, but I, but I don't have to let it make a nest. You don't have to think whatever you, you just, your thoughts take. You don't have to go wherever your emotions want to drag you. I'm, pre I'm preaching that to myself as an emotional guy. I don't have to go everywhere my emotions want to go. I'm angry. I don't have to vent and spitting nasty, hateful things. I don't have to do that. So it's just, hope is an anchor. It anchors us. It anchors us to Christ. It anchors us to his promises. So I, so I sleep sweet. 
at peace. And I go, you know, I don't have to stress that. I don't have to worry that, about that. And I don't have to freak out. And I don't have to stay up grinding my teeth angry about it. I don't have to do all that. My hope is in Jesus, not in this stuff. I can knock out. I'm good. I wake up in the morning. God will still be God. He's still on the throne. I stop spinning the plates for a few hours. And look, the world didn't blow up. It's not dependent on me. I'm not the Savior. He is. My hope is in him. It's a big thing. Number three. Hope will strengthen your heart. Hope will strengthen your heart. Psalm chapter 31, verse 24 says this. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. I, I, I love how many times God speaks to people in the scriptures. This, is a, this would be a fun study. Go, go study this. How many times does God say to people, be strong and courageous? Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Don't be ruled by that fear. It happens. You just be strong and courageous. He says, how can we do that? You be strong and courageous, all of you who hope in the Lord. Hope gives us strength and courage. Hope gives us strength and courage to endure whatever. Whatever. Other translations say, he will strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. So that, that is when things are terrible and, and, um, and we're often tempted to throw in the towel. We think, listen, in a bad season, don't we always think like it's always going to be like this? I haven't, I don't like, I'm going to get like, okay, I'm going to prove you I'm really emotional now because I just had something pop into my head that's not in my notes, but, and I haven't talked about this a lot. When I was 15 years old, I, I wanted to take my own life. I thought things are horrible. And I'm a horrible person. I'm always going to, it's just always going to be this way. Anybody relate to that? Anybody been in that season, maybe not want to take it, but where you think it's just horrible and it's always just going to be horrible. You have no hope for the future. And we, we think it's always going to be like that, so we just want to throw in the towel. But if we have hope, if we have hope that this is just a season, Yeah, this may be the roughest season you've ever walked through. But if you have hope that this is just a season, if you know that this is just a shadow, that this, these are passing temporary times, these are things that are going to come and go. If you know that the greatest suffering or trial that you'll ever experience is just a temporary, it's just a moment in the scope of eternity, it's just a blip on the radar. Not that it's insignificant to God, it matters to Him, but it's not forever. It's not forever. And if hope returns to you, all of a sudden, what do you have? Strength and courage to press on. Strength and courage to endure. Psalm chapter 27, verse 13 and 14 says, the psalmist says this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He says, I would have completely lost heart. He says, the Lord will strengthen your heart when you hope in him. What is hope? A confident expectation that I'm going to see and experience the goodness of God. He says, so I would have lost heart unless 
except for the fact that I believe I am going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is, yes, I know Christ is good and going to be awesome and like really awesome sauce for all of eternity, but I also believe I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, in the here and now. This season will end. And actually, there's beautiful things even in this difficult season. There's things, always something to look at and thank God for. Every one of us have been breathing the whole time we were here, quite naturally, without thinking about it. Quite naturally, without thinking about it. And every one of those breaths was a gift from God. There's always something to be thankful for. So, he says, I, he says, he says, I believe that I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He had hope. Scripture says, don't lose heart. Be strong and courageous. And Joshua 1 is one of the greatest, over and over again, he tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Strengthen your heart. Be strong and courageous. How? How do we do that? Hope. Hope. The hope in Christ. The hope in Jesus. If we lose hope, our heart will be weak, and we will lack the courage and strength we need to endure this season that we're in. Hope will strengthen us. Number four, and I believe this will be my last for those that are squirming in your seat. Hope will not leave us ashamed. Hope will not leave us ashamed. Because here's what we do. We're tricky little beasts. We go, I would hope, except how can I be sure that I'm not going to look like a fool in the end for hoping? That I'm just going to hope and hope and hope and hope and hope, and then it's, I'm just going to end up looking like a fool. I'm going to end up being ashamed because I put my hope in Jesus, and he just, I'm disappointed. Hope disappointed me. My hope. It's false hope. We talk about false hope all the time. Don't give them false hope. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now stay with me. He's tracking through a lot of things. But he says, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. You and I only stand because of the grace of God. We only live and breathe and move and walk and have our being because of the grace of God. Every one of us. I don't care if you think you're awesome and sinless. You only live and breathe and move because of the grace of God. It's true for all of us. It's the grace of God. That's what he said. Okay? And this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What is our hope in? Our hope is that we're going to see and experience the glory of God. Yeah, yes, for all of eternity. And I'm hoping now, I want to see God just display his glory here and now. It says, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Oh, you just killed it. I like the hope stuff. Let's talk about, like, I feel like Rocky, we're getting ready to go. Oh, no rejoice in sufferings. What are we talking about? We rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because we know something. We know that suffering will produce endurance in us. And endurance will produce a greater character in us. And a greater character will produce even more hope in us. <laughs> and hope does not put us to shame. 
Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, because our hope is ultimately rooted in the eternal glory of Jesus, not in anything of this world, from this perspective, so listen, if you're a Christian, we need to have that perspective. The perspective is this. Yes, I hope in things in this world, we get, again, goodness of the Lord and the land of the living, yes. Okay? But our ultimate hope, we saw this last week, is rooted in the eternal promises of God. Romans 8 makes this very, very clear. It says if we have what we hope for, why are we hoping? So he says there are things that we don't yet have, things that we don't yet experience, and we're going to experience in eternity, and that's what we're hoping for. He says if you had it already, why would you hope for it? That's weird. It's like, it's like if, if somebody gave me a new guitar, and I was like, I hope I can have a new guitar, and it's in my hands. It'd be weird. Okay? He says you don't hope for things that you already have. So listen, we have, a, we have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, okay? We have the first fruits. That is, whatever glorious, good, amazing, awesome things you've ever experienced by the Spirit of God has just been a foretaste. It's just been a deposit. It's just been a down payment on the coming glory of God that we're going to experience. It's just, it's just scratch. It's just a thumbnail. It's just scratching the surface. That's what he says. And because our hope is rooted in that that perspective frees us up to see and respond to suffering in this life in a totally different way. Did you catch that? If this life is all there is, and all I'm hoping for is in this life, uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, if in this life only we have hope, we should be pitied above all men. He says if my hope is rooted in the things of this life entirely, we should be pitied if that's all there is. If I'm hoping in Jesus just for this time here, he says, but no, because I'm a Christian, because my hope is rooted in the eternal promises of God, now I'm freed up from that perspective to endure and experience and see and view my sufferings in this present time in a totally different way. In a totally different way. It doesn't have to destroy me. It doesn't have to destroy me. We know that suffering cannot take our hope because it's rooted in the unshakable person of Jesus Christ. And not only that, we know that our sufferings will ultimately produce even more hope in us. Did you see that progression? He says, listen, when you suffer, know something. Remember for your eternal perspective. Here's what's happening. God is creating. He's conforming all of us more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. And we're going to experience his eternal glory forever. He says, so now when you suffer, he goes, know something. Know that you're suffering is going to produce endurance, and that endurance is going to produce character, and that character is going to give you more hope that you're going to see what you're hoping for. Even your suffering will serve to produce more hope in your life. That's what the scripture just said. Instead of suffering robbing us of all of our hope, it actually compounds our hope when we live from that perspective. Like that. I don't know that is to you, but that's like a mind bomb to me. As I was reading this and praying and really seeking God, I, I go, that is a mind bomb. Because what we do is suffering. We go, oh, suffering has robbed me of my hope. And Scripture says, no, suffering can compound your hope. Not that God just wants to send you wave after wave of suffering. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you experience it, as we all do, in this world, you will have tribulation. Even that will serve to produce more hope in your life. If your hope is rooted in Jesus Christ. If your hope is rooted in the things of this world, then suffering will absolutely rob you of your hope. But if your hope is rooted in the eternal promises of Jesus Christ, nothing in this world can take it. Amen. Nothing. And even your suffering will produce more hope in you. You'll go, oh, you'll remember, this is temporary. Okay, God, work in me, endurance and character and hope. 
here's what I really want to get to in this passage, and then we're done, I promise. I'm probably like 20 minutes over already or something. It's crazy. Okay, I'm, I'm decent. <laughs> here's what it said at the very end. So we worked through all of that, but it got to this. Hope will not put you to shame. Another translation says, hope does not disappoint. That means that when our hope is rooted in Jesus Christ, there's no such thing as false hope. Don't get their hopes up. Oh, don't give them false hope. If their hope is rooted in the person and work of Jesus Christ, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as false hope. There's no such thing as getting your hopes up in Jesus to be disappointed. That will never happen. Now, you may be hoping in Jesus for something, and really what you're hoping for is the thing and not for Jesus. Are you with me? Did you catch that? So what we do is we, go to, we pretend we're worshiping Jesus sometimes, but what we're worshiping is peace and no conflict, or we're worshiping a new job promotion, or we're worshiping something. So we're going to Jesus like it's worship, going, Jesus, give me this thing, and then that thing doesn't come and you go, Jesus, I, my hope left me disappointed, because your hope wasn't in Jesus, it was in the thing. You see what just happened there? If your hope is in Jesus, there's no such thing as Jesus leaving you disappointed in hope. Because, <laughs> and I know this is the same somber, but even as we read last week, even if I die, what, like, what, what, think about what happens to me if right now I just died. Like, that would be a terrible illustration if God just killed me right now just to show you. But, but listen, <laughs> I've heard the story, like, seriously, there's a guy that just preached on that stuff, and then it just happened. So, like, Lord, whatever, your will, but, like, I'd love some more time. So, uh, but what happens to me right now if I took my last breath right now? Absent from the body, what? Present with the Lord. Am I going to be like, oh, man, hope left me disappointed? No. If my hope is rooted in Christ, absolutely not. This is impossible. Hope will never disappoint you if your hope is in Jesus. It will never leave you ashamed. That's what the scripture promises you. No such thing as false hope. Next time t somebody tells you, oh, don't get your hopes up, you go, absolutely, my hopes are as up as they can be, and I hope they're up a little bit more by the end of the day. <laughs> don't have false hope. There's no such thing. My hope is in Jesus. There is no such thing as false hope. Hope will not disappoint me. Hope will not leave me ashamed. Cool. It's a promise of God who never lies. Amen. And I love you, brother or sister, but you lie. That's what, so say that. Or whatever. I don't know. Say what, something nicer. Say something nicer than that, okay? In the end, everyone who has placed their hope in Jesus and the promise of his word will not be disappointed or ashamed. We may look stupid now. We may look foolish for the moment to other people. But in eternity, not, not a one of us who have placed our hope in Jesus and the promises of his word are going to look stupid. Who's going to look foolish then? Not one of us who have placed our hope in Jesus. Look, th think of Abraham, and, I, and, then, and for the third time, I promise I'll be done. Uh, look at Abraham. So God had promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. And what happened? Okay, Some of you know the story, maybe some of you don't. He and his wife were very old, and then they got older after that promise. They were so old, they were kind of past the age of romance, you know what I mean? Like, no, okay, maybe they weren't past the age of romance. They were past the age of making babies. Okay? I was trying to word it nice. That's as nice as that, okay? They were past the age of putting on some music. 
from a logical, from a logical natural standpoint, I was just going to say music and then go cracking a bottle of wine. Okay, okay. From a logical natural standpoint, the promise that God gave to Abraham was crazy. It was impossible, even. It was, it was. Abraham was like, uh, okay. Uh, okay. So, oh, okay. So you mean like my servant's gonna be my son? And he, and God was like, no, like you and your wife are gonna have a baby. And he was like, okay, right, cool. And now it's been several years since that promise, and he had to wait, and he had to have hope in that promise, right? Years and years and years and years. And he tries to work things out on his own, right? And his wife was like, here, I, you know, I have a servant. And he, and he was like, oh, okay, cool, that's what God meant. And God was like, no, 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 no. No, 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 right? And so, and because it's just, it's crazy. It was nuts. He said his wife, Sarah, was past the age of, like they were both past the age. God waited until it was virtually impossible for them to fulfill his word. You see what happened? That way they couldn't go, oh, it made sense. I was still able to do it. On my, no, you were not able to do it. It's like your body was, this was scripture says, your body was dead to that ability. It's as clear as I know how to be. You're, you're not able anymore. Now I'm going to fulfill my promise. Now I'm going to fulfill my promise. Romans, li listen. It was, it was impossible, but I, I just got to tell you, like, impossible is God's territory. Right? Impossible is God's territory. Like that. If it's impossible, right on. You're probably in the right spot. If you know God has spoken and there's no way it can happen, get ready. Get ready. Romans chapter 4, verse 16 through 21, talking about Abraham. That's why it depends on faith. In order that the promise might rest on grace and be guaranteed to all of his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Whoa, whoa, okay. He became the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you, God saying to Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not yet exist. In hope, he believed against hope. What does that mean? When there was no natural, logical reason to have hope, he hoped anyways. It says, in hope, he believed against hope so that he should become the father of many nations. As he'd been told by God, so shall your offspring be. He says, there's no logical way that this could happen. This is virtually impossible, but God said so. And so there's no natural reason to hope, but I hope anyways, because God said so. And guess what? God never lies. Never lies. Verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Hear these next words, please. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. 
I want you to take verses 20 and 21. And I want you to put your name in there. And if you have to, I want you to write it down. I want you to tape it to your mirror as you're getting up and brushing your teeth in the morning. Whatever it is that God has prompted, whatever it is that God has spoken to you, it seems impossible. Whatever it is that he has put in your heart that has caused you to hope. When your hope is in him, no unbelief made me waver concerning the promise of God but I grew strong in my faith as I gave glory to God, fully convinced that God is able to do what he has promised. All he had was a word from God, and that was more than enough. More than enough. And notice it's God who is able to perform what he's promised. Abraham did not have faith in his own ability to do what God had promised. The Bible never tells us to place our hope in our own ability to perform the promises of God and start working it out on our own. Oh, maybe God meant this, I'll do it this. No, no, no. Our hope is not in our ability to do what God has. He says he had hope in the God, believing that God was able to do what God had promised. God is perfectly capable of fulfilling his own promises. He doesn't need your help. He needs your obedience. He needs your submission. He wants it. He calls for it. But he doesn't need your help to do what he's promised you he's going to do. And though his circumstances were absolutely contrary to hope, he hoped anyways. And guess what? Hope did not leave him ashamed. He looked like an idiot for a little while, I'm sure. He had some relatives that were like, he's talking about that baby stuff again. You look like an idiot. Trust. But not for long. So I guess here's what I want to leave you with in this series. And I just want to say this to you. And please let this just take root. It is always too early to give up hope. It's always too early. It's always too early to give up hope. Always. As long as you're alive, you have reason to hope. In fact, the Bible says even death isn't a reason to lose hope. Uh, Jesus had a habit of interrupting funerals. Uh, and even, even when we lose people, even when we lose things, even when we lose circumstances in our life, Scripture says we mourn, we do mourn. But what does it say? We don't mourn like those who have no hope. Even in our mourning, we have hope. scripture just said. So if you've begun to let your hope slip away, I, I'm, I'll charge you tonight to draw a line in the sand and decide that you're going to live with hope. Just draw a line in the sand and go, I am going to live with hope, with the confident expectation that I'm going to see and experience the goodness of God in my life. This rough season is not the final story. God gets the last word. And his word is always good. It's always good. So whatever God has spoken to you that's caused you to hope, when your hope is in him, whatever it is, when he's promised you and spoken something to you, it may be deferred, it may make no sense, it may be impossible, but hope anyways. Like Abraham. Hope anyways. 
God has spoken to you, hope anyways. In the end, that hope will never leave you disappointed. It will never leave you ashamed. Amen? Let's pray. Actually, I want to pray of scripture over you. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. I, I want to pray specifically over you. If you're here and you go, okay, this, is this, <clears throat> God's really just been stirring my heart. And there's areas where I've let hope begin to slip. And um, maybe, maybe I've let it go completely. My hope has been deferred. My hope has been delayed. It doesn't make sense, the promises of God. My hope is in Christ. It's, it's in his word. I, I know I'm not just hoping for stuff, but I'm hoping in Jesus, according to what I believe he has spoken to me and what his word has said to me. But, but hope is slipping or has slipped. I don't know what your circumstance is, but especially, specifically, I want to pray for those who have had your hopes just crushed or weakened. Maybe it's a relationship situation that you've thought is just beyond repair or just painful. Maybe it's a job situation or a marriage or maybe it's a, a child who's walked away from the Lord and you just feel like, man, there's just, you're losing hope. Or hope is thin. Maybe it's a promise. Maybe it's something God has called you to do and it just feels like forever, like there's no way or your hope is just barely hanging on. I want to pray over you. I just I pray that the word of God would breathe new hope into you and strengthen your heart to believe again. Romans 15, 13, Paul says this, and this is my prayer for you tonight. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father God, I pray that you, the source of hope, will fill these precious people with joy and peace as they trust in you so that they will overflow with confident hope by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name.